0: Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the Scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeople'sministry.com, or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box Two Five Six. Brooks, Georgia 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. We would like to hear from you and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that his will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry and here's Pastor Visser with our next Bible study.
1: Hello again, dear Kinsfolk. This is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia. Once again, bringing you a Sunday morning Bible study. And today, dear friends, we'll be covering the words of Paul in First Timothy. So turn there now, please. That is First Timothy will be covering parts of chapter 4. Now, before delving into this morning's study, dear friends, I would also like to take this time to invite you to swing by Covenant People's Ministry on Wednesday night where you will find that the Wednesday night Bible studies hosted by Covenant People's Ministry are in full effect once more with Obadiah 118 from the ChristianIdentityForum.net, co-hosting with yours truly. Indeed, last Wednesday, about three four days ago, we had a lively discussion considering the spiritual gifts, or those gifts that are imparted unto the sons of Yahweh for their obedience to His word. Now many of you have been emailing this ministry wondering where is that particular MP3, for there were many people who listened to it, and I'd venture to say many people who were even edified by its teachings, for it was extremely good. But nonetheless, dear friends, I'm sad to announce that it looks like to date, at the time of this Godcast, that TalkShoe or their own network has lost that particular MP3, that is... Spiritual Gifts, Part 1. And in that, we covered oh so many things, but perhaps the most important was Obadiah confirmed from Romans, Chapter 8, that only the sons of God have Yahweh's Spirit within them. And I confirmed and proved from 1 Corinthians, Chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians, Chapter 10, that the Gentiles were the Israelites. Now, if you'll tune in here in about four days to the upcoming Wednesday night Bible study, which is 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, dear friends, on the Talk Shoe Network, you'll hear us give a recap as to what we covered last Wednesday. But not to digress too much on that point this morning. Today, I would like to cover the concept of false prophets and what exactly false prophets bring into play. And so, we should cover, like I mentioned, first Timothy, that is Paul's first epistle to Timothy, beginning in chapter 4. Paul describes the latter-day apostasy that we find ourselves in now. Now, before getting into this, what does apostasy mean? Dear friends, you've heard me preach on this time and time again, but apostasy means a falling away. Falling away from that faith that was once delivered unto the saints. For we can read straightforwardly in the Bible and many historical documents that our forefathers had no confusion as to the aspect of the racial message of this gospel. And so, dear friends, that is why I'm plugging our Wednesday night Bible studies this morning. Because without truly promoting it outside of a link in our forums, there were about 20 people there. And I believe those 20 people were edified. But nonetheless, let's see what causes people to fall away. Chapter 4, verse 1. Paul speaking, he says this. Now the Spirit, that is, capitalized S, a capitalized or personified Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, Yahweh God. The Spirit speaketh expressly. "...that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils." Now, doctrines of devils are made easier to swallow by the masses by seducing spirits. And so Paul here is testifying to you that in the latter era many will fall away from what? From sound doctrine, from what's written within this scripture... The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, speaks expressly, and it says plainly to you and I here in this year, 2012. And it wants you to know that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, meaning that there is truly only one faith, one baptism, one God, one body, as Jesus, Paul, and the entire whole of Scripture teaches. But some will fall apart from that, and they'll give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now... If you were the devil, dear friends, what type of doctrine would you want man to accept in your name? For example, if you were Lucifer and attempting to deceive the whole nations, would you or would you not want man to teach that you don't exist, that you're really Yetzirah or spiritual impediment, because many within Christian identity do? Oh, yes, indeed they do. For example, I've had people contact me and say, Pastor Vissera. Would it be alright if I swing by, you know, and have you baptize me? To which I say, sure, I'll make accommodation so I can baptize you, only to turn around a week or two later and ask me, well, Pastor so-and-so says we shouldn't get baptized, and Pastor so-and-so says uh that it's just an outward sign of an inward expression, or whatever these things are, dear friends. The Bible straightforwardly says, whosoever believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Jesus Christ himself was baptized In the river Jordan. Who are we to say that we're better than our perfect example in Jesus Christ? But baptism is merely a side issue, dear friends. Don't allow the false prophets to come along and take away the key of David. Jesus Christ straightforwardly taught that the Pharisee does everything within his power to take away your entrance to the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because they themselves aren't entering in and because they themselves are not entering into the kingdom of heaven well they've got nothing better to do than to keep you out and certain ways that they can keep you out are through these doctrines of devils quote-unquote that are just made manifest by seducing spirits How can I say that? I can say that because man will be deceived by the devil and want you to believe just as he is, which is deceived. There's no devil, he'll say. Oh, Jesus Christ was a trickster when he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness and all of this other malarkey. But Paul here wants you to know that in the latter days, some will fall apart. And what happens during the apostasy is doctrines of devils take root. Now, what are some of these doctrines of devils? Verse 2. These false prophets do what? They speak lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. So, a false prophet or somebody who's preaching what he ought not is somebody who is considered by Paul, much like Jesus Christ, to be a hypocrite and or a stage player. These are what we could consider to be scripture lawyers. They can come along and they can debate sometimes, often theologically. They can even tell you, oh, don't eat pork, but at the same time they'll open the door for polygamy. Or they'll say, well, you should only be Israel, which is true, and at the same time take it too far and suddenly start excluding people who are dark haired and dark eyes, like Wesley Swift and so forth. Don't hearken unto them, dear friends. Why? Because they are hypocrites. A hypocrite is somebody who will sit in Moses' seat, professing to teach the law, all the while not keeping it, and thus the importance on understanding the Spirit. Paul understood the Spirit, did he not? For he begins chapter 4, right here in 1 Timothy, by saying, the Spirit speaks expressly. Had Paul not been in tune with the Spirit, he wouldn't know what the Spirit was telling him to say. And what the Spirit wanted Paul to know, and in essence you, in this latter era, is that hypocrites will come along and they will teach you doctrines of devils. Doctrines of their own flesh. Lies in hypocrisy. Not lies of hypocrisy. For they live within the thralls of hypocrisy. And they'll teach others to do so. Why? Because their conscience is seared with a hot iron. This, dear friends, is what's known as the Spirit of God, or that God consciousness that he imparts within his sons and daughters, so that they will know his morality. What happens is these false prophets go out and willfully sin, having their own consciousness seared, and they teach others because their consciousnesses are seared. So do not make that mistake, dear friends. Contrast every word that you hear taught with the Word of God to make sure that it's even written, because many are hypocrites and want you to believe in something that's not written. Here's a few examples, and they're found in verse 3 of chapter 4 in 1 Timothy. These false prophets teach things such as, quote, "...forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know truth." End quote. And now right about here, this is where the Judeo-Christian will come and say, Well, Pastor Visser, it's you in Christian identity who teaches that we shouldn't eat pork and shellfish. It's you within Christian identity who says that we should keep Yahweh's eternal food laws. And indeed, this particular verse is teaching no different, is it? Nowhere within this verse does Paul say it's okay for you to eat whatever you want. In fact, it teaches you quite the opposite. Paul says that these false prophets teach people to abstain from meats which God had created to be received with thanksgiving, meaning they teach you to abstain from kosher foods or things that Yahweh God created to be meat for you. They will come along and say, well, don't eat lamb chops, rather eat pork chops. Perfect example. And so don't allow mankind to come along and teach you that there is a new way. They will teach you not to be married, like we see in this latter era, where the very concept of marriage is evil spoken of, where the enemy's media comes along and says, oh, don't get married, try the field, you owe it to yourself. Knowing all along that once you go out there and try the field, quote-unquote, your damaged goods, not only damaged goods to a future mate that you might have, but damaged goods to Yahweh God. You will not be considered that chaste and wise virgin, as we covered last weekend. So, these are merely two examples of what the false prophet will teach you. Don't allow them to teach you, or forbid you from marrying another man or woman from the Israelite stock, and don't allow them to teach you not to eat foods which God created for thanksgiving, or for you to be thankful to Him for. Next verse, that is, verse 4 in First Timothy chapter 4. Continuing on, Paul says this, For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer.
0: Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the Gospel, and would like to be a part of our fellowship, or receive monthly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visitor's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256 Brooks Georgia 30205 You can also visit us on the web at CovenantPeoplesMinistry.com where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by GodCast through your mobile audio device Our phone number is 404-906-9009 Remember that Jesus Christ is our all and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit so we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build his church so that when he returns he will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It's been a pleasure to have you with us and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible Study Message.
1: So Paul's not giving you a qualifier here. He's not saying it's okay for you to go out and eat whatever you want as long as you pray over it because every animal was made to be eaten. Quite the contrary. For we read in the book of Acts that even Peter, when he was sitting on the rooftop, was given an image or a vision from Yahweh God. And on this image was a great sheet, quote-unquote, knit, and four angels held it on either end. And on this particular sheet was every manner of animal that Yahweh God had ever created. And a voice came from heaven and told Peter in this account, that is, the scriptural account found in the book of Acts, Rise, Peter, and eat. And Peter said, Not so, for I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And that voice from heaven, which is Yahweh God, said, What Yahweh God hath cleansed, let no man call common or unclean. Now, the reason I'm diverging into this this morning is so you'll understand that Peter said, I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean, meaning that Jesus Christ never told him he should. Secondly, that the definition of that vision was given, the explanation thereof, and it was for Cornelius. It was Yahweh God saying, I have cleansed the Gentiles. Don't you, Peter and Israelite, call them unclean. It had nothing to do with food, just like this. So it says, every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. And There it is right there. You, as the Christian, must go back in Yahweh's word to see what is meant to be taken and eaten with thanksgiving. Now, we're not only talking about the physical food here, dear friends, because we're talking about spiritual food as well. The famine in the end times truly is for the Word of God, and many people will come along and teach you things that aren't even in that Bible. And many people will be deceived because that's where their heart is. Their conscience is seared with a hot iron. But not us, dear friends. We will not be deceived as such. For we take it back to the Word of God time and time again, and that's what's called of every man woman, and child of the tribes of Israel. Don't think that because I place so much emphasis on studying the Word of God that I'm teaching that our ministry or ministries like mine are that much more important than anyone else's. That's why, dear friends, me and Obadiah are currently covering the gifts of the Spirit. There's many offices, many gifts that are given from Yahweh God. And so, a particular individual strong point may be preaching... And one such gift of the Spirit that Yahweh will give him is the gift of prophesying. Another particular individual's gift of uh, the Spirit may be feeding the hungry. And as such, Yahweh God will make a pass so that that particular individual can bring about His will. But notice that Paul places much importance here in verse 5 on prayer. That you and I, prayerfully, should be seeking in His Word of God whether it is okay or not to get married, whether it is okay or not to eat particular types of food. Next verse, that is, verse 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up on the words of faith and good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. So do you want to attain good doctrine, dear friends? Well, I assure you, you will not obtain good doctrine or a good report of Yahweh God by sitting back in complacency and being spoon-fed doctrine by whoever it is you're listening to, Christian identist or Judeo-Christian alike. It is up to you, dear friends, and this is exactly what is happening here. Why these particular people in First Timothy are being praised, or those under Timotheus. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, which things? That there will be false prophets. Being a watchman, and in being a watchman, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, many shall come in my name. There'll be wars and rumors of wars, and people will come along, and they'll say, Jesus is there, and Jesus is here, and Jesus has told me this. And the only bit of Jesus that we know down here in this earth age, dear friends, is the words he's already given us. Jesus Christ has foretold us all things so that you will not be deceived at a latter time. So if you want to obtain good doctrine through the words of faith, that is, increasing your faith through sound doctrine, through what is written in the Bible, then you must attain it. You must strive for it. It is a war, it is a game, and we must all play it. Paul continues, though, in verse 7, and he tells you what you must refuse. He says this, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. So it is your job as a Christian to refuse... Old, wise fables, or fables in general, whether they be Jewish fables or Gentile fables. And one such fable is open your heart to Jesus. Another such fable is, oh, all you got to do is believe and you'll be saved, none of which are written in Scripture. But time and time again every Sunday throughout this land, this morning is no different, dear friends. There'll be millions upon millions of people throughout the world all teaching their flock, all you got to do is believe in Jesus Christ knowing full well that the Bible teaches the devils believe and tremble. Belief is not enough, dear friends. Faith without works is dead. You must have works to accompany your faith. And Paul is teaching no different. For he's about to confirm that in verse 8, which says, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of which is to come. And so, Paul here is giving you A very important tactic or a modus operandi that you should know a true son of God will do what they will have the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come meaning that a true son of God through faith and through seeking out Yahweh's will for themselves will not only bless themselves in this life meaning with much increase in their crops, and or a virtuous woman, or many children, all these blessings that scripture says truly are blessings from Yahweh God, you can obtain those through exercising yourself, not physically, but spiritually. Notice that Paul does not say that bodily exercise profits nothing, but that it profits little. Because it would have been absolute blasphemy to suggest as such. Exercise is good in all, dear friends. It's good for you and I to have a healthy lifestyle. It's good for you and I to go to the zoo or take hikes and go camping and enjoy the world that yali God has put you in. This earth and the fullness thereof, in essence, are yours and you should be enjoying them now. But don't forget, dear friends, that we will enjoy them in the kingdom that is coming. That is, at the establishment of Yahweh's earth age, here, on earth, as it is in heaven. And that is what Christian identity teaches you time and time again. So do not forget this very simple, profitable parable. Bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Both the world to come, and the world that you are in now. But it simply does not seem that way in the enemy's media, does it? For they'll come along and teach you that godliness is unprofitable. Do they not? They'll teach you that doing the right things is foolish. But we must understand that to not do the right thing is to deny Jesus Christ. Because a true son of God who has the spirit of Yahweh within him has the morality of God written on his heart. This is the reason why God can write the law upon the hearts of the house of Israel. We have his God consciousness. And therefore they know that Yahweh God, even if the world doesn't see our acts, our works of righteousness, Yahweh God will reward us in private. And that, dear friends, is the difference between the hypocrite and the genuine The hypocrite wants to be seen as something great. They like to wear pious robes. They like for pretense to make long prayers. They want you to come along and say, Gee, look at you. You're really righteous, man. You're really great. You're really a good person. And all the while, he's living a hypocritical life. And so, we must remember that Peter teaches no different in his second epistle, chapter 2, where he says, Those false prophets that are meant to be taken and destroyed have eyes full of adultery. They cannot cease from sinning. They will dine with you. And all the while, they'll be thinking of what sins they can commit. And so, strive for the faithful saying. Strive for what is taught, not what is the traditions of men. Verse 9. This is a faithful saying and worthy to be accepted by all. For therefore, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. Especially of those that believe, not only for those that believe. Meaning that belief is profitable. It definitely is profitable because belief should lead you to action. A person who truly believes that Yahweh God is real and His word means what it means, will do what His word says there's no guesswork if a pastor comes along and says don't be baptized and the bible says be baptized well a true son of god will be baptized they simply will not stake their salvation on such a gamble is it worth it to you dear friends i would say no but many people out there want to cling to tradition what will it hurt you to be baptized dear friends what will it hurt you to not eat unkosher foods that Yahweh God forbids for you won't hurt you at all. In fact, you will gain through faith, whether you're wrong or right. So dear friends, it is Yahweh God who tries the hearts, not exactly the letter of the law and how you exercise it so perfectly like the Pharisee thought he did. What did the Pharisees do when Christ walked the face of the earth? The Pharisees would be teaching Thou shall not kill The Pharisee would be teaching Thou shall not adulterate And all the while They would be uh, trying to kill Jesus Christ All the while They would be teaching That it's okay to miscegenate On the side
0: Thank you for listening To the Covenant People's Ministry If you've enjoyed hearing The message of the Gospel And would like to be a part Of our fellowship Or receive monthly newsletters Where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons Be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.com, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts. You can easily listen to Pastor Visser by GodCast through your mobile audio device. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in his Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow him to lead your life, and help to build his church, so that when he returns, he will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith, and apply his words to your lives. It's been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message.
1: So do not follow Phariseeism. The leaven of the Pharisees is hypocrisy. And as we covered last Wednesday, Obadiah and myself, one of the spirits of the world is that leaven of the Pharisees, meaning that the average Judeo-Christian out there is a hypocrite. And that's good enough for them, because they want to be just that. Next verse. Verse 11 in First Timothy chapter 4. These things command I and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word... In conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Now, stopping right there, dear friends. It is Paul saying, let no man despise thy youth, but be an example of the believer. So here are certain elements. Get them down, understand them. First and foremost, believe. Believe in what? The word. Secondly, you must put forth an example to those round about in your conversation. Meaning you cannot have a filthy mouth, you cannot be coming along violating God's law on slander and gossip, because outwardly you will show yourself as a tear. Continuing on, you must have a clean conversation, you must also be an example in charity. Meaning that if Jesus Christ says you're to feed the hungry and clothe the naked, then you would best do it. Why? Because that is the only way you can prove to God your faithful works. You can be down here like the liberal left all you want, saying, look at me, I feed the hungry. It means nothing to Yahweh God unless it's done in private, first and foremost, and unless it's done for the right reason. And so one such gift of the Spirit, if you will, according to Paul here, is to have charity. You also must be an example in spirit and faith and in purity, meaning everything you do must be pure. We cannot be defiled and have a filthy language, a filthy mouth, and engage in the things that the children of the devil do. Moreover, Paul wants you to know that if you see such people who do not present themselves in an outward example to the world and to their God, as being faithful, as being spirit-filled and pure, that you should mark them knowing that they are reprobates, knowing that they are hypocrites, knowing that their conscience is seared. It doesn't matter if they profess to be a pastor. It doesn't matter if they're teaching the Word of God and they're right in 99% of areas. Dear friends, remember that rat poison is only 1% poison. The rest of it is filler. It is that 1% that will kill you. And so we can learn from one another and we can learn everywhere we go. But remember... One false dogma accepted as truth is enough to kill you. And so while we can learn from these people who may be 1% poison at the same time, be careful not to accept that 1% of poison. What does Paul command? In verse 13 he says this, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, stopping right there. Till Paul comes. Now, of course, we know that Paul's talking about coming to them. But in a latter sense, us studying it now in the year 2012, we can overlay this to the great and terrible day of the Lord. When Paul comes, or when Jesus Christ comes, what do you think he wants? you to be seen doing what do you think he wants you to be known of Yahweh God of doing well he wants you to give attendance to reading reading what the word of God these epistles that Paul wrote 2,000 years ago can touch you now in essence it's like reading tomorrow's newspaper today And so Paul commands here, he says, until I come, give attendance, pay close attention to what? To reading the word of God, to exhortation, which is a form of rebuke. Meaning if someone comes along and says, I be Christian identity too, and speaks ill of his own race, you should exhort him. You should rebuke him. You should mark that man. And to what else? Doctrine. That is sound doctrine. So Paul here is commanding you, in essence, that you should give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Why? Next verse. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Stopping right there. The gift is within you. What is that gift? That gift is discernment. Discernment through the Holy Spirit that is imparted through prayer, which is why Paul says pray. Pray before reading the word of God, and maybe God will give you eyes to see and ears to hear. And He will give you the spirit of discernment so you can understand what is written. Strive to understand what is written until the return of Christ and or St. Paul, if you will. Neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given thee by prophecy. What's prophecy? The word of God and the prophets that spoke it. With the laying on of the hands and the presbytery. Meditate upon these sayings Give thyself wholly to them, that all thy profiting may appear to all. All roundabout should be able to see that you're Christian, not through what you say with your mouth, but through your acts of charity, through what you do, and through your clean speech, dear friends. Do not be deceived like the Pharisees who are in the thralls of the leaven of the Pharisees, which, again, is hypocrisy. Be like those that can discern those spirits. What is Paul saying here in 1 Timothy chapter 4? He's expressing the importance of studying the word of God. Why? Because that, dear friends, is the only way you can keep yourself from sliding into apostasy. You do not want to slide into apostasy, dear friends. You want to give yourself wholly to the teachings of Yahshua Messiah. That your profiting may appear to all. Meaning, that Yahweh God will bless you in the world to come, as Paul says, and this world as well, as promised by both Paul, Jesus Christ, and Yahweh in the Old Testament. That should be seen by all. A perfect example of that is Uncle Laban, who saw that Jacob being with him was profitable and wouldn't allow him to leave. Because it was so profitable to him, he would trick Jacob into marrying both of his daughters. That's a prime example of it. Laban, a natural man or a non-believer, was able to see the fruits of the Spirit through study, through supplication, through striving to know the Word of God and the God it is we're serving. And more important than that, exercising, which is another word for practicing, being a doer of the Word, not just hearers, as James says. We can hear the word of God all you want, and all it will do is increase faith. But if we're doers of the word, you will have works to accompany your faith. And so the last verse in 1 Timothy chapter 4 is this. And we're going to keep it short this Sunday morning so you can go on and listen to other preachers. And, dear friends, that will make time for you to definitely be there this Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that is here in America to hear yours truly in Obadiah 118, once again bringing you another study on the gifts of the Spirit. This is just a mini-study, if you will, on something coming from our pulpit to fill you in until then. Paul says in verse 16 of 1 Timothy chapter 4, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. That could be your spouse, dear friends, that could be your children, that could even be your community if you're a pastor or a teacher of God's Word. But what Paul wants you, in essence, to understand is this, that only through studying and familiarization of the Word of God will you be able to, quote-unquote, take heed unto thyself, end quote, and unto the doctrine. Only in doing that, and Paul teaches no differently. Man will come along and tell you, well, it says right there in the Bible, God created all men equal. Where it doesn't, it's up to you to understand that God considers one group of people above every other. That Yahweh God concerns himself very little with all these other nations of the earth. And Yahweh God concerns himself very little with those who do not exercise his will. What does that profit you, dear friends? It profits you much. Because in this life, you're able to mark those false prophets who come along and want you to believe in those non-scriptural things. Those that teach their own flesh and transpose it or visit it upon you and I. And, in shunning those profane babblings and these fables of Jews, we're able also to be blessed in this earth age as well, with many blessings, and those blessings are the throne of God, or the will of God. It's not for you to know what is a blessing, it is up to you to thank him when a blessing is made manifest. Scripturally, there are many things that are blessings. A wife from the Lord is a blessing, children are blessings from Yahweh. These are two things that a man, woman, or child down here of Yahweh should be able to know our blessings, or at least strive for, by keeping themselves chaste, both physically and spiritually, by striving to know and exercise only Yahweh's will here on earth, as opposed to the traditions of men. We must remember, dear friends, that it was Jesus Christ who taught that the traditions of men make null the word of God. And in this day and age, in this great apostasy, this latter-rebuilt Babylon, that is so apparent. So, dear friends, with that being established, I'll invite you once again to swing by Covenant People's Ministry. The address will be given here in about two minutes. This Wednesday, for another study into the gifts of the Spirit. I believe this Wednesday's study will be called, Quench Not the Spirit. And in this Wednesday night Bible study, Obadiah and myself will be discussing what we covered last Wednesday, and trudging forward, not allowing our spirits to be quenched, if you will. Oh, indeed, there's one or two people out there that might be gloating about the loss of this particular MP3 on talk shoes and... But I assure you, dear friends, that when me and Obadiah give a uh, an overview of what we already covered, we're already going to be warmed up, so it'll be twice as good. And I assure you we learn from such situations because uh, I think we're going to be recording this one on the side as well. Therefore, if this one gets lost... We'll have a copy, we can back it up, and it won't be lost for those that did listen to it. Many of you did hear it, many of you were lifted up in the spirit, and uh, that was a great thing. I'm sorry that the audio was lost, but yours truly and Obadiah will be back, so hopefully you will be there. Uh, until next time, dear Kinsfolk, this is Pastor Visser wishing you and yours great studies, war for Christ, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies, Enjoy many other Christian resources through the Church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.